Well, would you take your Bible, turn to Philippians 4, please. How many of you are glad this morning that any sin stain can be washed away by the blood of Jesus? Doesn't matter what you've done. I mean that. God's word is crystal clear. The blood of Jesus Christ, God's son, cleanses us from any and all sin. No matter how dark or deep the stain, no matter how painful the regret or the shame, it's the blood of Jesus Christ and we're all equal at the cross. The ground is level at the foot of the cross and we all meet there. So praise the Lord for the truth of that song. We're smack dab in the middle of this series on Sunday morning on how to win over worry. And I want you to look at Philippians chapter 4. Our text verse for the entire series is really verse 7. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep or guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. The peace of God. That's what we all desire. That's what we all need. We need that peace to flood our hearts and minds. And we need that peace to to act as that century and to give us and to be that guard in our life. So we thank God for that. We claim that peace. But I love how before verse 6 and after, or verse 7 and after verse 7, the Lord gives us further instruction, if we could say it this way, on how how to live that out. How to put it into shoe leather. How to apply it to everyday life. What does that look like for you and I? What does it look like tangibly in your life and mine? And so two weeks ago, we began this study and we began in verse 4 and we talked about making the choice to rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. And then last Sunday, we talked about that there were some things we just need to let go of. Let your moderation, let your moderation, your yieldedness, your ability to let things go, your forgiveness, your forbearance, let that be known unto all men, for the Lord is at hand. So today we come to verse 6. And I want you to notice what God says. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Now notice the wording, be careful for nothing. You say, now preacher, what does that mean? Be careful for nothing. Does that mean I'm not supposed to be careful in life? (laughs) I mean, my parents taught me and yours did too all through. Be careful now. Be careful. When you're crossing the road, be careful. When you're driving your car, be careful. What does it mean, be careful for nothing? Well, we have to understand our translation and the wording of it. Be careful is an old English way of Speaking of anxiety and worry, be careful. It literally means being filled with anxiety or worry or stress or pressure. Don't be filled with anxiety. Don't don't worry over stuff. Don't stress out over stuff. You're like, wait a minute, Christian pal. Christian pal, come on now. We live in 2018. And you're standing up there telling us not to stress not to worry, not to feel or have anxiety over stuff? Is that even realistic? I mean, come on, doesn't the Lord know that's not possible? Doesn't he know that we who live in the real world, that that's an impossibility? Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to challenge your thinking about that. 
here's what I know. I'm never going to judge truth in the light of circumstances. I'm going to judge my circumstances in light of truth. And here's what I want you to hang on to. God's truth, this inerrant, infallible word that he gives us here, this statement found right here, God said, I'm telling you, I'm commanding you, I don't want you to worry. In fact, the verse is even much stronger. What the phrase literally means is, stop worrying. Not just don't let worry arise in your life, but you have to understand, remember, keep it in the context of what's going on in Philippians. And you're talking about a local church congregation that was being persecuted. In fact, when Paul is writing this letter to them from Rome, he's under house arrest himself. Some of these Philippian believers had lost their businesses. I'm looking around at some folks right now. You, you know what it is to financially be in such a way where you lose your business. You have to start from scratch and start all over again. Many of these Philippian Christians knew that full well. Many of them were being falsely accused, threatened with incarceration. Some of them, I'm sure, had debilitating sicknesses in their life. Man, you talk about financial pressure, you talk about stress, you talk about relationship difficulties because we know uh, if you study chapter 2 out that there were some ladies in the church or some individuals in the church that couldn't get along and Paul had to address that. So there was relational conflict, there was financial conflict, there was threats and threatening coming in from the lost world and the Roman government there in Philippi. And then on top of that, the religious Jewish crowd who didn't like the message of the gospel. Oh, man. And so here's the Lord, not Paul. Remember, this is the word of God. God says, stop worrying. How in the world is that possible? He tells us in verse 4 to make the choice to rejoice. He tells us in verse 5, There are some things you got to let go of. And he tells us in verse 6, and here's the message. Sometimes you got to tell it to Jesus. Here's what he said. Philippians 4 verse 6, Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your request Be made known unto God. Tell it to Jesus. The old song says, are you weary? Are you heavy hearted? Tell it to Jesus. Tell it to Jesus. Are you grieving over joys departed? Tell it to Jesus alone. Tell it to Jesus. Tell it to Jesus. He's a friend that's well known. You've no other such a friend or brother. So tell it to Jesus alone. And I want to challenge you today. When you're threatened with anxiety and stress and pressure and worry and fear and trouble, I challenge you, tell it to Jesus. Now I want to say four things from the text about telling it to Jesus. I love what Oswald Chambers says, and, he, and I want you to hear me. This is so convicting to me. 
He says, and I quote, Worry is an act of unconscious blasphemy against God. Think about that statement just a moment. What is worry? Chambers says it's an act of unconscious blasphemy. In other words, we're saying that our God isn't big enough or powerful enough or smart enough to do what needs to be done and to help us out. So I want to give you four things. Number one, telling Jesus is the antidote for anxiety. He says, be careful for nothing. Don't worry about anything, but you pray. But tell the Lord. But by prayer and supplication, let your request be made known unto God. He's literally saying to them, stop worrying. You see, the command to reject worry is placed in the context of the command to pray. And it's very interesting how he words this. And it literally means be careful for not even one single thing. In other words, don't let one single thing cause you anxiety and worry and pressure. Not one thing. Not the big things, not the little things. Don't let anything rob you from the peace of God. Don't don't stress out or worry over anything at all. Not one single thing. Not one thing, not one single thing. Not the big things? No, not the big things. Because the big things are under the hand of the Lord. Not the small things? No, not even the small things. Don't sweat the small stuff or the big stuff. Or anything in between. Why worry when we can pray? You see, the point here is to react to problems, not with worry and stress, but with thankful prayer. And again, we're choosing to call on the Lord and to pray and to talk to Him and to give Him and release to Him our burdens and our frustrations and our anxieties and our fears and our worries. Did you know that sometimes our anxiety level is encouraged by our low view of God? Think about that statement. If you really believe that God is sovereign, and you really believe that God has all power, he's omnipotent. If you really believe that he's omniscient, he knows everything. If you really believe that he's omnipresent, he's everywhere possible at the same time. He's in the future. He's in your present. He's everywhere. He knows about everything. If you really believe all that, why in the world do we have reason to worry and stress? You're his child. You're held in the very palm of his hand. We sang it this morning. It's a verse out of John 10 that no man shall be able to pluck me out of my father's hand. We are held in the very palm of God's hand. He surrounds us. He overwhelms us with his presence. He knows every single thing that's going on. Ralph Martin said that anxiety and prayer are more opposed to each other than fire and water. (laughs) You see, the first command is made possible by the power and reality of the second command. The reason why, he says, now don't worry, stop stressing, is because we can bring all these things to the Lord. I want you to listen to the words of Jesus in Matthew 6, 25. You may want to turn there. Matthew 6, 25 through 34. 
Therefore I say unto you, listen to what Christ said, take no thought for your life. In other words, don't worry about your life, what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, nor yet for your body, what you're going to put on. Now stop right there. Jesus just mentioned the basic needs of life. What we're going to eat, drink, and wear. Food, covering, shelter, clothing, where we're going to live. How are we going to eat? Jesus said, don't stress out about these necessities of life. Is not the life more than meat, the body more than raiment? Behold, hey, hey, disciples, behold, look. Behold the fowls of the air. Look at the birds, guys. They sow not, neither do they reap nor gather into barns. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are they not much better than they? Are you not much better than they? Which of you by taking thought or by stress or worry can add one cubit to a stature? Who in here can make yourself stronger, bigger, smarter, taller, more financially wealthy just by stressing over it? That's what Jesus is saying. Well, the answer is nobody. (laughs) Why take you thought for your clothing, your raiment, he said. Hey, guys. Don't just look at the birds, look at the lilies, look at the flowers of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. Yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these little flowers. Who made the flower beautiful? Who took care of the flower? Who gave the flower the water, the sunlight, the nutrients that it needs? The flower didn't have a farmer (laughs) except one. That was God. The Lord took care of that flower. The Lord took care of the birds. So Jesus says, hey, y'all, can you not learn a lesson from nature? If God, your Father, is big enough to take care of measly birds and little flowers, don't you know? And here's what he's saying. Watch this. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast into an oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? He's going to give you what you need. Take no thought saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? Wherewithal or how shall we be clothed? Stop worrying about that stuff. Can I tell you something? Most of the things that we worry and stress about would fall in the little category. They're not the big things. Most of us stress out and get all blown up and out of shape, and we let the small little things ruin our day. How many of you know that what I'm saying is the truth? Say amen right there. You know I'm telling the truth today. And yet Jesus says, stop worrying. Because I'm promised, I've promised to take care of you. He said, for after all these things do the Gentiles seek. Stop right there. The word Gentile there, he's using that in reference to somebody that doesn't know the Lord. People that don't know God, that's what they stress about. Watch this. For your heavenly Father knows that you have need of these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow. In other words, why are you worried about tomorrow? (laughs) Trust tomorrow and trust today and trust your needs into the hands of Jesus. He's going to take care of you. But my God shall supply what? All of your need. Singular. Not all your wants, but all your need. 
whatever your greatest need is right now, Jesus has obligated himself to take care of that and send it to you. And it's already on the way. Telling Jesus is the antidote for anxiety. What I'm saying is, as soon as you start to feel stressed and worried about something, and pressed and depressed and de-stressed about something, stop right then and give it to Jesus. Tell it to Jesus. So telling Jesus is the antidote for anxiety. Number two, listen now, telling Jesus means presenting our needs before him. It's very interesting what he says, the words. Go back to Philippians 4, verse 6. He says, now, by prayer, supplication, and then he says, making request known to God. Those three words, prayer, supplication, making requests. Can I tell you, basically, those three words, even though they're different, each one is different, they all carry the same idea of coming to the Lord and just, here we go, telling God what you need. You say, preacher, I don't know how to do that. Sure you do. Sure you do. How many of y'all had parents? I don't know what just happened there. I said, how many of y'all had parents? Raise your hand. And if you didn't raise your hand, you need to check and see if you're an alien, okay? Because that's how you got here. Your mama and daddy. Now, let me tell you what most of you did, probably 99.9% of all of us, maybe 100, when you were a youngin. Think back that far. When you needed something, when you were hungry, thirsty, what did you do? I'll tell you what you did. You did what I did. You did what everybody, mom, mom, or daddy. I got a question. What time's supper? Can I get something to eat? Can I have a snack? Can I get something to drink? I'm thirsty. I'm hungry. When Elisha, when he says, Dad, I'm thirsty. You know what I say? Thirsty, I'm so glad to meet you. I'm Daddy. Good to see you. Glad to meet you, Thirsty. You know what you did? You went to your daddy. You went to your mama. When you lacked and you didn't have what you needed, you went to your parents. Why why, why, why is it so hard? Why do we find it so hard just to go to God and tell him what we need? And that's what it means, prayer. It just means making requests. Supplication means getting specific and naming and telling the Lord what we need. The three synonyms here mentioned all refer to offering direct petition to God. Take all of your needs to Jesus. That's how we communicate with him. That's the avenue for getting our request to him. It's prayer, petition, we would say. You don't have to say it audibly. How many of you know God understands heart language? He understands those groanings that we cannot utter. That's what Romans says. Now, some of you were sitting there like, oh, Christian, this is such an elementary sermon. It may be for some of you spiritual superheroes. But to the rest of us that live in the real world, I'm telling you, this is where we live. Can I get a witness this morning? But you know what? More times than not, 
we choose to worry instead of praying when God's opened this avenue to us to tell him. So I want to ask you a question, this little theological thought. Why do we have to tell him? Doesn't he already know? I mean, I thought he was omniscient. I thought he knew everything. Are we really informing God on something he didn't already know? No. He does know. But he also knows, listen, that there's something therapeutic to us as his children when we bring our burdens to him conscientiously. Are you with me this morning? When I come before the Lord and I know that that stress, that burden, that problem in any and every one is bigger than I am, but it's not bigger than God. And when I come and bring that issue, that burden, that struggle to him, and I lay it at his feet, there's something about that up here that helps me and it helps you. And when I release it to him and I put it in his hands, I don't have to mess with it anymore. You don't either. So telling Jesus is the antidote for anxiety. Telling Jesus means presenting our needs before him. Hey, telling Jesus, number three, telling Jesus is applicable for every single situation. Now notice the text. Notice the words in Philippians 4, 6. Be careful for nothing. Don't be anxious about anything at all. But watch this. In everything... How much? Everything. What am I supposed to pray about? Everything. What am I supposed to give to Jesus? Everything. Every pressure, every stress, every dab of worry, every bit of anxiety, I tell Jesus. Can I tell you there's nothing too big for God to handle? I don't care what it is. And I've even said, you know what? That's too big for God. I've I've said that about stuff. And he's proven me wrong every single time. But I've also said this. Ah, that's too little for God. He doesn't want me to come talk to him about that. Oh, friend, if it's a concern to you, hear me now, it's a concern to God. How many of you, you don't have to raise your hand, how many of you have tried to teach your children this lesson in prayer? That there's no burden they have that Jesus doesn't care about. How many of you have even prayed about doggies and cats and rabbits and parakeets and goldfish, right? Now, why have you done that? Is it because you needed it? No. It's because you're trying to teach your children. Listen to me. You're trying to teach your children that their Heavenly Father cares about every single thing that's a care to them. Well, can I ask you a question today? If that's good truth for your children, is that not good truth for you? And for me, well, I don't even want to pray about that. I don't even want, have you ever said, oh, I ain't even going to pray about it? I just, I'm not going to pray about it. Why? Why? 
the Lord told you to. Well, I don't want to bother the Lord. Stop. Stop and think about what you just said. I don't want to bother the Lord. Is it a bother? To the God who controls everything? To the God who's big enough and strong enough? To if all the seven point something billion people on the face of his earth started praying right now at one time, is God not big enough and smart enough and powerful enough to understand every single one of them and all their languages and dialects and all their heart issues and all their, their languages of the heart? Sure he is. He can do anything and everything. So why do you think he's perplexed, perturbed, or put off by you coming to him with your small issue? And I say this to you, and we're going to close. There is no small issue when it comes to your heavenly father. He'll drop whatever he's doing. Because you, my friend, are the apple of his eye. And your name is inscribed in the palm of his hand. Don't you know he loves you? Don't you know he wants you to talk to him? Give him that thing. I close with this. Telling Jesus includes both petition and praise. Notice what he said. Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known. With thanksgiving, in other words, you come before God with gratitude. You actively use grateful language to God as an act of worship. One writer said it's the recalling of God's mercy and goodness. It's coming to the Lord and saying, now Lord, I just want to tell you, I just want to tell you again how good you've been to me. I just want to thank you. Can I challenge you to do something this morning if you don't do anything else? Listen to me now. Watch me, watch me. How about, how about sometime today, how about sitting down and making a list? Just go one through 50 of things that you can thank God for. One through 50. Some of y'all are saying, oh, that's, that wouldn't take me long. Oh, it really wouldn't. Why didn't you say one through 500? Because we'd be doing good if we did one through 50 and just thank God for that. Right? You know I'm telling the truth. Won't you start start with 50 and just on a piece of paper, on your smartphone, write out 50 things that God, 50 ways God's been good to you. 50 tangible expressions of his blessing and goodness. That wouldn't take you that much time at all. Just start naming them. Because let me tell you what praise does. Let me tell you what thanksgiving does. Let me tell you what worship does. It gets my mind off of me and off of my problem, and it gets my mind on the God of the universe. Can I get a witness this morning? Thank him. We sing, count your blessings, name them one by one. I like singing, count your blessings, name them ton by ton. And it will surprise you what the Lord has done. And it will. You see, the anecdote is not just petition, it's praise. And we praise God for his goodness and his power and his strength. 
Matthew Poole said, no prayer is acceptable to God without the ingredient of thankfulness. Everybody this morning, when you got up, whether you realized it or not, you put on a backpack. And you're wearing that backpack today. You're struggling like I am. All right. And your backpack may seem pretty light. It may not. Right now, my, my backpack seems pretty light. But you know what I learn every day? I don't have to go too long into the day before I start getting hit with stress and pressure and burdens. Like financial. Truth is, everybody in this room faces financial pressure and burdens. You say, well, no, I bet them rich people, I bet wealthy people don't. Can I tell you something? Not that I'm speaking by personal experience, but truth is, wealthy people have more to stress over than poor folks do. So everybody in this room today faces financial worries, financial burden. How about, you know, sometimes, sometimes, and this may seem like a small burden, mental burdens, things that just afflict your mind and come on you, just stay on your brain. You ever experience that? And somebody can read it on your countenance because it's going through your brain. Yeah, and somehow, some way, that, that, that financial and that mental gets put in your, put in your backpack. And then, oh, you know, by the time you get to work, and I, I, I mean, even before break time, you have relational issues. For some of you, that starts even before you walk out of your house in the morning. <laughs> you have a spat with your spouse. Your youngster wants to get a little mouthy when you tell him to go brush his teeth. Or something goes wrong, the dog doesn't do just like you think the dog should do. <laughs> But anyway, I'm kidding. And I mean, relational issues abound on every side. Sometimes at church, and, and so that goes in your backpack. Then there's emotional pre- stress and pressure. Your spirit, your emotions are all fouled up. And that's weighed on your mind. That goes in your backpack. And then, this is true. Everybody faces spiritual pressure because we're all under a satanic attack. And that goes in your backpack. And before you know it, I mean, you thought it was going to be, you know, a pretty light day. A pretty light day when you can zip up your backpack. But it don't want to be zipped up. And all of a sudden, that that was going to be pretty light ends up weighing you down, being pretty heavy. And you know what a lot of us do? We think we're experts at it, but we're not. We're toting around our backpacks full of burden and anxiety and worry, financial, relational, spiritual, emotional, mental. And I'm going to tell you something. I might be able to tote this around for 30 minutes, but if I toted it around all day, it'd get pretty weary.
And the whole time the Lord says, Christian, I've got the answer for you. I've got the solution for you. I want you to come, 1 Peter 5, 7, casting all your care upon him because he cares for you. And this is what I'm challenging you to do today. Come take your backpack and just lay it on the altar. Come take your pressure, your stress, your worry, your anxiety and give it to Jesus right now. I don't know what's going through your mind right now. I don't know what you're facing today. I don't know what you've been through this week. I don't know what the month of June is going to bring, and I don't know what the month of May brought to you. I do know what it is to live in this world and to have the same pressures and stresses that you do. And God says, tell it to Jesus. Jesus.